I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 46 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Steven, back. I'm sorry. Uh, and also, we've got SP. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Beware the Ives of March, right? And we are coming back at you. As you can tell, Steven's still a little stuffy, still oh, a little yeah. sick. But he wanted to come back. He's like... I need to come back to my better podcasting audience and in no way, shape or form. Am I going to allow SP to do a solo show here again? No, not at all. That's not at all what I said. I said that I was looking forward to podcasting with you again because it had been a couple of weeks since I had. And also you did a fantastic job. So thank you very much for doing that, SP. You held down the fort wonderfully. It sounds like you had a nice live chat room and, you know, you know who I'm talking to out there. I, I noticed I noticed that you commented when you don't usually comment because it was an SP, all an all SP cast. You, you the listener, I know. And I don't blame you because I absolutely am more engaged with SP solo content than anything to do with me. Well, regardless, we had a good time last week, me in the chat room, and I appreciate everybody that was there. But we have a two-person show today. We have, Stephen has two weeks of stuff to catch up on. I have some stuff to catch up on. So we do have some topics, but if you are, are in the chat room, don't hesitate to ask us a question because that's why we're here for the live chat. You can chime in on something we're talking about, or you can ask us something completely different. You can go to geeks.live and hit one of the chat rooms there. Absolutely. And in our live chat room over on YouTube, we do have Liberty Dude saying, Canadian Thanksgiving with a stuffed SJ. I'm not really sure what that means, but uh, I guess we'll go with it. Because you're stuffed up? Oh, that okay. I got it. I got it. It makes sense. See, uh, I'm not thinking he's straight. Little, he's a little slow today. We could take advantage of him today. This is good. This is good. Before we do get into the topic, so let's go and uh, just drop a bomb right now, right at the top of the show here. Uh, SP and I... <laughs> I love the sound effects. That's good. Uh, SP and I had a bit of a discussion here and um, I'll blame it on me. I'll, I'll blame it on me. We're going to push back the return of Better Podcasting main show by one week. So we were planning on uh, basically recording this episode of live chat and one more and then going in, into uh, recording Better Podcasting main show again um, as of the 29th of March, we're going to push that out by a week. So we're going to do uh, this show plus two more live chats, assuming nothing gets in our way, meaning that April 5th, uh, that's a Wednesday, April 5th will be the first return mm. of Better Podcasting main show of main season show. three. Technically, it's still correct because we'll be recording the first week of April, which we said we were to return the first week of April. I'm not trying to quibble. I'm just saying technically it's still correct. But we had intended on coming back one week prior. We're still going yes. to be recording this show. So you still have better podcasting live chat. We'll just come back a week later with better podcasting main show episode 273. Something like that. I, I, I lost track after two. I can't count higher. Yes, we know. <laughs> so anyways, there's your update. We'll go ahead and update that in the main feed as well. And uh, for those of you who didn't know, this is the Lucy Goosey show. This is where we just go and have a bunch of topics. We chat randomly with the, the chat room and about these topics amongst ourselves. And then we go and uh, cry afterwards because usually the chat room tells us all the ways that we're wrong. You know, I want to start off by the fact that you are sick. And I know I think we've addressed this before. Actually, I don't know if we've addressed this before. But I know a lot of people don't like the sound of their voice when they're sick. And mm -hmm. they treat their voice like it's the gold currency of their podcast, which right. kind of is. So a lot of people won't record when they're stuffed up or have allergies or have a cold or a flu or something like that. But I don't know. I don't care personally as long as I get the content and I'm hearing from the individual Stephen, what is your take? I mean, obviously you're here this week. You weren't here last week, but what is your take on either listening to other shows like uh, yourself right now when you're sick or wanting to do it on your own? Well, I, I'm so conceited that, of course, I was going to do this show because why would I not want to put more of me out there? 
more me, 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 me. No, no, I think of it from two different sides of the, the coin. Uh, number one, as a podcaster, I think that if you're up for it and you enjoy it, who cares? Who cares what your audience thinks? Do it for yourself. Have some fun. And that's why I'm doing it. It is like, you know, some people might go, yeah, that's a little hard to hear. That's fine. Uh, but I enjoy talking these topics with SP and I like producing content for the, the audience. So, you know, I'm absolutely going to go ahead and do it. But on the other hand, I do, I do get it when people may be aware that the audience might have more troubles hearing that it does sound different. Sometimes it is you're a little more nasally like I am or you know, it, it's something different than the audience is is listening to, but or used to listening to. But on the other hand, they might feel bad for you as well. So just make sure that they know that you're having fun. And, and, and I think that's an important aspect of it as well, because you don't want your audience feeling bad being like, oh, Stephen, you shouldn't have done this episode because, you know, why, why are you doing it for us? Just take relax. I'm telling the audience right now, I enjoy doing it. So that's why I'm doing it right now. So don't feel right. don't feel bad for me. You know, I am going to say a word. Uh, you're, it's going to make you feel bad. It's going to okay. make you cringe. Are you ready okay. for the word? Yes. Anchor. Anchor. Is that like the way that you, that I am the, your anchor to this podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I'm you're, not kidding. You're stretching in so many ways here. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the podcasting. Whoa. Anchor. Let, let, let's back up here. Is this like how I am? the anchor on you holding you back from your podcast endeavors. Yep. I get, you're not letting me sail off into that sunset into rosy destinations with golden beaches and, and blue skies. Yeah. Well, this is actually a, a interesting topic because it has been a while since we've talked about anchor. For those of you not familiar, anchor was a free podcast host that did come out several years ago. Uh, it was many, many years ago they came out. They had a lot of success out of the gate because of some really innovative ideas they had. But they were free and they came out in the, the height of free companies booming and failing in the podcast industry. So there's a lot of questions about what was the future of Anchor? And we questioned it as well. And then Spotify decided that they liked it so much they were going to spend a ton of money on them. So they did. They spent a ton of money on buying Anchor and since then, we haven't heard a lot about it. A lot of people theorized, including ourselves, that they were buying Anchor for their technologies that they were creating and the platform that they could potentially leverage. And it's looking like, yes, that that was mostly the case, maybe, because they have announced today that their official or yesterday, was it? Was it yesterday? It was last week. Last week. It was okay. last week. I lost track of dates. So I was in bed for half the week. Uh, they did announce. That whoa, they, whoa, whoa, whoa. TMI. TMI. <laughs> they did announce that they are officially changing the name of Anchor. And also they're going to be taking some of those Anchor created uh, podcast creator tools that they had on Anchor. And they're going to be slowly rolling them out to podcasters who aren't necessarily on the Anchor platform even though it's not going to be called Anchor anymore. What's it going to be called? Spotify? Spotify for podcasters. Yeah, that's the new term for Anchor. But that that's not the interesting part to me. The interesting part of it to me is that second part where they're going to start rolling out some features to for podcast creators who aren't going to be hosting on the Spotify platform. I think this is a monetization option. I think that, that the... Landscape's very different in podcast creation right now compared to where it was when Spotify spent all this money. I personally suspect Spotify probably has has a little bit of regrets looking through the lens of now versus then. I think that I don't think the grass looks as green as it did back then because it was they did buy right in, in the big massive boom of the podcast industry. But I think that this is something that maybe they'll go and they'll start to roll out these tools. And then like if they create a, an app for podcasters who aren't hosting on Spotify that has some great features and it's behind a paywall or, you know, like a, like an add on feature or whatever, I think there's an op opportunity there for that because anchor tools always seemed like they, they were good. That was one of the things that people that drove people to it because they made podcast creation easy and I think that there is a monetization option here or possibility. 
Yeah, so a few things. This came out on March 8th, 2023, which is the date that I recorded the previous episode of this show. I just didn't talk about it because I didn't have enough time to really digest everything that was going on. They did it in a event that was called Stream On. To me, I, it didn't go to any of the videos and watch any of the videos or whatever, but to me, it was just like a normal tech launch like you would see with a new iPhone or a new Google Pixel phone or something like that. It, it reminded me of... We're just going to have this time to announce everything that we're going to do. Okay. So I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of the stigma that Anchor had within the industry itself. And they're simultaneously trying to bolster up their brand name of Spotify. Doesn't surprise me at all. YouTube would not create another company just for creators to create the videos. They would want to keep all that within the YouTube branding itself. So Spotify is doing that. But as you said, Stephen, here's the key. This is from their statement. We're also, for the first time ever, opening up Spotify's unique interactive features to all podcasters, no matter where your show is hosted. And then it says, read on for the full details on how to access these tools they went on to say a few other things. While, quote, while many of these features have been limited exclusively to Anchor users, now referred to as Spotify-hosted creators, it was important to us that we built the new Spotify for podcasters in a way that offers more open access to innovation, unquote. This will include, in the future, quote, video podcasts, unquote. We're not talking about YouTube videos. We're talking about video podcast. Now, if you get into the industry, we've had this discussion quite a bit over the last few years on what constitutes the definition of a podcast. And the general public doesn't care what the definition of a podcast is. It's just a show that independent creators, not part of huge media networks, do. And that's, they just call it a podcast. I think, although I have no information to confirm or deny this. I think what they're talking about is an actual video podcast with some sort of subscribe function or follow function, like an RSS feed, might not be an RSS feed specifically, but they're talking about that. And YouTube has that too. They have subscribe function. So maybe that's what they're talking about there. Uh, they're also talking about, quote, we also unveiled a new, more visual home feed experience that optimizes for discovery across music, podcasts and audiobooks, unquote. And then, quote, we also introduced podcast previews and podcast chapters, unquote. And the last thing is, quote, we're launching a new space for educational podcasting content, unquote. The last one for me, I keyed in on that one just because of better podcasting. I'm like, Ooh, are they are they putting us in a podcast box? Are they saying <laughs> if you're if you're doing educational content that you're going to have to publish in here? No, what they're talking about is their own in-house stuff. Uh, we know YouTube has done this already with their creators. We know different companies like Apple over the years has done stuff specifically for podcasters. This is no different than that. And in any, if anything else, it's to assist their view of how to utilize their tools that they have out there for podcasting. So to back up, the very first thing that they said is they're opening their barn doors for all podcasters to use their tools on the inside. This probably includes unique statistics unique uh, publishing, uh, probably the comment sections, which I believe they announced that they were going to either start or highlight the commenting sections on different shows, whether it's a podcast or, or, or even music that's uploaded. You know, there can be comment sections on it, just like there can be over on YouTube. So to me, overall, this sounds like more of a YouTube experience. We're creating our own infrastructure. We're inviting you in but it's going to be our own unique infrastructure no matter where you're hosted. But unlike YouTube, what it will do is it will allow you to publish your podcast to Spotify if you're hosted otherwise. And right now, YouTube doesn't allow that. You actually have to host your file that you want to be on YouTube on YouTube. So for a hobby podcaster, this sounds good, good-ish for now. For a professional podcaster, I think they're salivating at the opportunity to get into that walled garden a little bit more. But uh, for a hobby podcaster, it's just a more expanded audience, more tools that you can use if you have time to use them. 
Yeah, and the thing that I, I'm not entirely clear on from this announcement is which tools are available right away and, and what the sort of rollout will be for these tools. Because I did know there was a quote that they said today that starts with opening up access to Q&A and poll functionality for all Spotify for podcast users, including those not hosted with hosting their content with us. So the fact that they uh, specifically called out only two features seems to indicate to me it's not a, you know, wide open everything is there but that there's going to have to be some form of slow rollout and and i don't blame them on that i think there's probably technical hurdles that they have to to deal with in order to do that but i'm not sure i'm not i don't have my finger that that tight on the pulse yeah the bottom line is neither steven nor i host a show on anchor we don't have that inside experience of no. hosting on anchor neither in the past week have either of us had the time to go in and check out any of these tools that may or may not exist for podcasters on the outside. So in that vein, we're asking our audience, if you have any experience using this stuff, please go to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Let us know how this is going for you. I've seen some talk on social media and other places about this, but I haven't really paid a lot of attention. I'm most concerned about how hobby podcasters are able to access these tools and if they're any good and how the transition is going from anchor to Spotify for podcasters. Cause technically overnight your hosting has changed mm -hmm. if in name only, but I think it's more than that. So overnight they said, we're dropping anchor. We're going to go with Spotify for podcasters. So that's kind of a little scary in of itself, but, but we've said years ago that we weren't worried about anchor going away because Spotify owns them. And Spotify is a big company with a lot of deep pockets maybe not so deep anymore, but they're still a big company. So it's not like Anchor was self-sustaining with its own free hosting, <laughs> no. which was not a good deal. But we are interested to hear how it's going. Uh, my immediate question to you, and I fully expect an answer of it depends, is would you mind starting a show on Spotify for podcasters right now? So... Here's here's uh, I, I want to get, get a little bit off the beaten path with this, because this is actually something I wanted to bring up this week in relation to a discussion you had last week um, to, to do with the idea of quote unquote discussion. Yeah, because it was just me. It, yeah. Exactly. You were discussing it with me in my mind. Uh, no, you, I, I think, quite pointedly came out and said that, uh, hey, those of you who said that podcasting relies on the RSS you lost basically is, is, is more or less what you said. And, and I agree hundred percent with you on that. And in the sort of vein of, of hosting on, on Spotify, which I know with anchor, you're not whatever we're calling. I'm going to keep saying anchor for the, for this episode, because I'm too sick to rename it to Spotify for podcasters uh, with anchor. You're not pigeonholed directly into only on Spotify because it is technically a podcast platform that can, as the RSS and everything like that. But here's the thing that I've been thinking about with all of, all of this question about is an exclusive podcast on Spotify or is a YouTube video really a podcast because it's only available on YouTube? Why are people so passionate about it needing to be on an RSS feed? And And the question why I want to ask that is because are you just looking for a technical definition so that you can you can very clearly say this is what a podcast is versus this is not what it is? Because what is the benefit to pigeonholing a podcast to be by an RSS feed? I get the theoretical thing about it. The theoretical thing that that yes, an RSS feed means it can be distri distributed to a whole bunch of different places, but if we step outside of our walled garden for a minute here outside of the podcast world and we look at other things that exist, like TV shows, there are exclusives that are only found on one place. You you have things like Disney Plus exclusives, Netflix exclusives. You have, you have things that are only found in one place. And so a podcast, like if, if I'm someone who goes, yeah, I'm going to create a podcast and I know I can only be found on Spotify or I'm going to create a, a podcast that's only found on on YouTube. I I have an idea of what the box is for my potential audience because it's only that one location. 
yes, theoretically, I'm losing out of all this other possible subscribing methods, but I'm working with a very clear, defined area of where I'm going to try to reach my audience and how I want to grow that audience. And there could be a real benefit to that. Me trying to figure out all of these different places where better podcasting is distributed and how am I going to game all these different algorithms, all these different places to, to have better podcasting found is a lot taller task than me going, okay, I'm only going to do better podcasting on YouTube. Now, let's really delve into how I can maximize my growth on YouTube. It's, it's now a very defined parameter, and there could be some benefit for audience growth by having that defined box. And I think a lot of times that's not, not discussed amongst podcasters because they fall into this hole. You got to have an RSS feed so you can go everywhere. And, and I know I went way off the beaten path. Go ahead, SB. No, no, not at all. I have an answer for you. Okay. I, I do. And it actually stems from something that we have been discussing. It is the fact that you're talking about ownership, ownership of the show, ownership of the distribution and monetization. So you don't ever hear a hobby podcaster, except for us in the early days, talk about a podcast needs an RSS feed and it needs to be distributed to Apple Music because that's the key to podcasting. Well, a little bit about that is ownership and a little bit about that is distribution. Why is ownership more important? Because then you can monetize it. You own it. You could do whatever you want with it. And that's important to people who are trying to monetize their shows. I'm not talking about the hobbyist with a Patreon account with 300 to 1,000 listeners, maybe 2,000 listeners per episode. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the shows that are really trying to drive home enough income to be a portion of somebody's income, if not the totality of somebody's income. That's what I'm talking about. So that's why people get so upset about it. It's people in the industry are getting upset about the definition because they need it for ownership and for monetization. Now, tell me I'm wrong. I'll be fine with it or modify what I said. And I'll be fine <laughs> with that too. But I'm pretty sure that's why that's what you're hearing. You're hearing it from the industry and you're hearing it from people that want to use either your show, their show, or somebody else's show, like they have a service to bolster their service because you need us for RSS distribution. Now, there's a third reason out there, and that is you control where you can send it out to. Like you can be deplatformed for everybody, but you can take that RSS feed and throw it into your podcatcher, and then you can download the show that way. So there is three legs to this table. One is ownership, one is monetization, and one is distribution. Uh, deep platformation insurance, maybe? I don't know. That's probably a bad way to phrase it. But those are the three things of why people are so hard over on it. Now, even for a hobby podcaster, I can see that third leg being kind of important because if you're doing something like you're protesting in a, in a country that uh, doesn't want you to say certain things, that third leg might be important. And, and in that, I would say it's more of a passion than a hobby, but it's still kind of important. So those, those, that's the reason why it's so important for people, I think. And now, tell me I'm wrong, because most <laughs> of the time people do. I, I, I would maybe disagree with the monetization aspect. And the reason why I, I would disagree a little bit with the RSS feed being your benefit to the monetization is because I think there's a lot of modern tools that are counter to that. Like, like someone going and creating a podcast and monetizing a podcast, I think would be a lot harder than someone making an active effort to go and create a YouTube channel that is monetized because YouTube is more focused and there's monetization tools built into that. And then we look over to things like TikTok, where people are, are creating content exclusively for TikTok, and they're making money on that when they've been creating maybe YouTube videos or they've been creating podcasts for a long time, and now they're, they're right there. So I, I don't know that I fully agree on the monetization. I think that that's, a, that's a sort of an isolated thing, and, and that's a sort of it depends on what the alternative is. And, and I think there's other platforms out there that might actually be easier to monetize than a podcast RSS feed. That might be so for a lot of things. I would think with the creator economy out there, though, most like small business podcasts, I think 
they're not going to necessarily create a successful TikTok channel, maybe a YouTube channel, not a TikTok channel. And I've got the answer of how to make a successful YouTube channel. I just never do it. <laughs> that is get girls in bikinis, have a great thumbnail with good words on the thumbnail and about uh, eight minute content videos every three days. <laughs> That's what you and and then shorts every day, two or three shorts every day. That will make you a ton of money on YouTube. Yeah, on for I got I'm not wrong. Am I? I got nothing to say to that, but uh, you're right. Um, for the uh, yeah, the demo, the delisting things like that. Absolutely, I think that 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 is um a valid question out there. But I still don't know that 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 plays into the the factor of why people are like, it's a valid why reason so why you would want an RSS feed. I don't know that I, I see why people are so definitive on it, needing an RSS feed to be a podcast in correlation with that point. I, I don't know that it's a valid point. I don't know that I see the correlation to, I, I don't think that it supports the idea of a podcast has to have an RSS feed. It supports the idea that you have to have an RSS feed and therefore the infrastructure around it, including maybe podcast hosting companies to have that RSS feed to, to pay them basically their whole reason to be you're paying them money to create RSS feeds and to store your show. It, it's their reason to be. So in order to advocate for the fact that they're necessary and to give them money, they're saying, this is the definition. We're going to be hard over on it. I think that might be part of it. That's that's the monetization piece, part of the monetization piece that I'm talking about. The last thing that I'll, I'll kind of just sort of counter as you're going through that is the delisting thing. Absolutely, it is a valid thing. That, that's a valid concern that one would have. But if we go back to the old episode 65 discussion of self-hosting your RSS feed on better podcasting, anybody that is not self-hosting their podcast can be delisted because yep. their RSS feed is owned by their media host. Contrary to all the and other terms of services that exist, if that podcast media host goes under and that that website is is taken by some bankruptcy agency, you've lost that. You've lost that control. I will argue that even if you self-host, unless you're actually running this, the hosting company, that you can be deplatformed. They can kick you off your service temporarily though is the difference because as long as you have your domain you can go and you can prop yourself up somewhere else and you have backups you you all, all website things your okay. rss feed is back and you're not losing that url with a media host you are unless you're on your own domain because like like better podcasting uh is is hosted on, on libsyn if all of a sudden libsyn went away tomorrow everybody's subscribed to our libsyn url that libsyn url is gone same thing with this, this is on Pinecast. Um, actually, no, this one's different. But let's stick with the Better Podcasting main show. So, so that's what I'm meaning with, with a with a self-hosted RSS feed that's on your own domain. Unless you lose that that domain itself, you can get it back. You just you, as long as you have a backup, you just go and you get a new me, a, a new uh, website host, and, and you're off to the races. So, so that's where I like. Has there been a case, and I'm legitimately asking here, has there been a case where somebody's been deplatformed with from their URL? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Yeah, I don't know. I I know okay. we've heard back in the day we heard people talking about the you know the DMCA takedowns and things like that from media hosts. I think that that's happened before. So I guess that would kind of be a version of deplatforming. I guess, kind of. Anyway, your your main discussion is valid here. I, I don't you're, know. you're like, what <laughs> Sorry, is the what is the reason? Why are people so hard over on I am. it has to be this def definition? I agree with that. Why? And, and I think that also the other side of it that I wanted to bring up is that there are there are some benefits to working in a in a, a walled garden because you do know the parameters that you're working in. There are some benefits to not taking the shotgun approach and and throwing it everywhere and and having a very defined box that you need to work in to grow your audience there can be a benefit to that now for a hobby podcaster i say get your stuff out there however you can and for me would i host on on uh spotify for podcasters sure why not I, at this point I, i'd go for a ride if, if it fit my if it uh, seemed like it was going to work for me from a tool perspective and whatnot i i, I, have... I think i would 
I have one concern is I believe, and I don't know for sure, but I believe they automatically throw ads in there. So if I wanted my show to be mm. ad-less, I wouldn't want to go through that. That's a good or point. Or I had no control over whether they're going to throw an ad in there or not. So that would be the, my one cause for pause. And honestly, I don't know the answer to that, but I believe that to be true. I forgot about that. Uh, that's That goes back to that whole you and I don't have personal inside experience using it. And I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah. yeah, if that if that is there, that would be a, that would be my cause for pause as well. I liked how you said that. <laughs> but it's the caffeine, man. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Way, way off the beaten path for, for the question that you asked. But I saw an opportunity to, to foot stomp sure. what you said last week. <laughs> So in an ongoing saga that I thought was completely done, but is still here, is my Rodecaster Pro 2. Before the show last time, I had an issue with it booting up, and that caused me to contact Rode. And then yesterday, six days later, they got back to me, and I have not tried any of their solutions or anything. But the problem was, it was it's freezing on boot up. Like, I would boot it up, and then it would just freeze in the middle of booting up. I have seen and heard from people that have had problems with the firmware upgrade, specifically the firmware upgrade to 1.1.4. Most of that seems to be solved by going into Road Connect itself and doing the update from Road Connect. I have not heard of anybody that's been completely, well, no, I'll take that back. There's one case where it was completely bricked and they had to send it in for a replacement. But everybody else seems to at least been able to get through it and get the update going. So mine wasn't an update freeze. It was simply, I am turning it on and it's a freeze. And as a reminder, I'm, I'm using a replacement unit that we have determined was pre-owned just based on the fingerprints on the bottom of it. So it's pre-owned, uh, it's worked, they tested it out, but it is freezing on booting up. So they got back to me and they said, thank you for reaching out and for your patience. Apologize for the delay. Uh, sorry that you're having this issue. Can you please let us know the following? Does the device freeze upon booting up if you do not have it connected to any computer connected to it via USB port one or USB port two? The answer to that is I don't know because I haven't tried it. I will try that, but I don't know because it's always been connected to a computer and I have it connected. Uh, I don't actually now, but I, there's a possibility that's connected to an iPad mini, but it is always com connected to the computer on USB port one. So that was the first question. Two, does the device freeze upon booting if you do not have Rode Central launched on your computer while the device is connected? Yes, because Rode Central is not going. So it's just freezing on its own. Uh, can you please try performing a reset via Rode Central? Let us know if it freezes upon boot. I will try this because I'm going to follow what they want. And I've already saved all of the show settings. So I know that I can easily get it back. So I'm good there. And then uh, can you do this in Road Central by eject any micro SD card or external a hard drive? So basically they're taking me through some, uh, some uh, uh, troubleshooting steps. So I'm gonna go through this and I'll get back to both them and I'll tell everybody what's going on with it next week. Aside from that, uh, it's only frozen once and then it reboots and then I'm able to use it. So it's not been non-functional. I'm just worried that it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope that you can get resolution on that because I know you just want a working Roadcaster Pro too. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, it is good when it is working, but the problem is I've had both the sound pad issue now and then it's been yeah. freezing. And a lot of people have been having it frozen. I think the freezing is probably a result of it's now using the Linux OS basically to, to run. So they're having to work their way through both the hardware and the software to have that done. But I mean, if it's happening to me and it's happening to other people, then uh, still, still cause to pause, as I said <laughs> earlier, on uh, if I had a working Roadcaster Pro OG, I would think twice about spending the many, many, many dollars on upgrading to this. Uh, it, it's worth it if you need the better preamps and stuff, but you, mm. most people that I've seen have this have had some sort of issues with it. So you're buying not a lemon, but a car with problems, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. 
Well, on the note of road, um, I, I'm not going to get through the details of it, but in our discord over at betterpodcasting.com slash discord, uh, a few weeks back, we had Josh Liston actually ask me a little bit about my, uh, my recent, shall we say, uh, cause for pause with the road. And, um, I, I, I threw some comments in there about, about some of the things that I've, I've had some question marks to do with them. However, Josh, this one's for you right now. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give them praise right now, and and here's mm. here's the praise I'm gonna give because I'm looking at the document that we create for the show, and I see that you've pasted in here their response to me, and and they've given you the opportunity to uh, call in if you need it during hours, and what they've said is feel free to contact us at, and then they give the number, and then they give their time, and they say 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time they use uh-huh. pacific time which is right well, there th- there they go pat on the back <laughs> it's the u.s technical support it's out on the west coast so oh. for the u.s it's mm-hmm. or maybe it's north america i don't know about canada but it's based out west so but if you're in australia it would be different you wouldn't oh. have to go on u.s time i know but i'm just pointing out the fact that in their email they said pacific not east because you know as, as a pacific guy I'm always having to read Eastern time with with most of these, but they're using Pacific. So uh, I will give them credit on that. Yeah, that's not even bad for hobbyists on the East Coast, because as a hobbyist, you might work all day and then uh, get home and need to do something with your gear. So that's 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you're working a nine to five job, that at least gives you an hour or so to call in. So that's pretty good. So way to go, Road. You uh, you use real time, Pacific time. <laughs> I don't know about real time, but it's definitely Pacific time. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, uh, while we are talking about uh, hardware and and whatnot and things like that, can I just uh, throw a, a comment out here about about equipment? Can I say that trying to sell equipment sucks? Kind of sucks because I've I've got a bunch ah. of equipment here that that I, I need to try to sell, and I can't bring myself to to even get started on the process to to list it because I need to to look to see what's current market value, what's going to be the best place that I, I can likely sell this at. And then I need to make sure to retest it, need to make sure to store it in an area where I'll know that it's still still good while it's waiting, but it's not in my way. I can easily get it. And then I got to meet with people and who knows what they're going to want to do. I, I got all these... But yeah, that's how stuff is sold where you are for the large part. Yeah, where well, I am, I can do it over eBay. I don't want to. That's that's where I want to start. Not on eBay. I want to try local to start because I think there is a market for some of the stuff local, and it just kind of sucks having to even go through this initial process of uh, of getting it listed. And I, I wanted to throw that out there because I got some gear that I tore down a while ago. You and I talked about this that we're trying to get rid of some of this gear and. Yeah. yeah, it kind of sucks. So, so yeah, it definitely sucks. So I did sell my original Zoom H6 and that took a while. And it took a while for all the reasons that you said. I also took a lot of pictures of it and taking the pictures, setting up the photo booth to do. I have a photo booth specifically for stuff like that. So I'm equipped to do it. It's literally finding the time to do it. And this is just a bad time, especially since I have been saying I've been overextended with my podcasts that I've been doing the five podcasts that I did last week. Crazy, but I did five podcasts last week. So I haven't had time to sit down and take pictures and then start to do that research. But I have gear that's ready to go to sell. I just have to take the pictures, do the research. And the other thing is writing the description, which you might think is not a big deal, but you want, if you're trying to have an accurate reflection of what it is and try to get the most value of it because if you're not why why are you selling it just give away get it away but if you're trying to make a little bit of money and and recap it and maybe put that money towards other gear or other things in your life then it does take some work and it does suck It, it i don't have an emotional attachment to anything anymore like i used to i really don't so i don't mind getting rid of it but the time and i just haven't had the time i need something like four or six hours to sit down, take pictures, go through the descriptions, research, a pre-write draft a post. If it, No matter where you're selling it, it could be Facebook Marketplace, it could be eBay, it could be Craigslist, it could be some newspaper, you know, local newspaper, whatever. I don't know what you do in your area. It could be 
anything like this, but you have to then draft the post and then you have to spell check it. And then you probably have to sit on it overnight and then take a look at it the next day. And for many people selling the stuff, it's like a Friday night or Saturday activity. So you have to get this all ready in the week up till Thursday night and then late Thursday night or Friday morning, then you throw the post on. And that's where most people are going to put eyes on something. They're like, Ooh, this would be interested. Interesting. I'm interested in getting this. And then for your case, you can meet up with them or whatever, uh, to your point of having it ready to go. What I've done, what I've resorted to do is I have the box, the shipping box ready to go. And I have it in the shipping box. I haven't like taped it shut or anything, but I have the shipping box ready to go. And then I actually put a post-it note on what it is. That's my plan anyway, because I'm going to have a lot of this stuff and then I'll be able to identify what it is and, and then get out the door. That's still a lot of work. Yeah. So I wanted to comment on that and I'm, I'm glad you agree with me. It's, it sucks trying to sell stuff, but uh, you know, we've talked about it before. We, we had gas and that's part of having gas is eventually sometimes you sell it. Yeah, it's more for us. It's more than gas. I mean, it's it's a great excuse for us to have better podcasting and to want to try all these tools for everybody, all this hardware and to find out what works for us and what doesn't. But then we've held on to it for far, far, far too long. Matter of fact, I, I forgot. I wanted to use a different microphone tonight. I forgot. <laughs> so maybe next time I'll do another microphone. Johnny Pennington in our chat has uh, said that he'll uh, he'll give me $50 for the several year old Audio Technica BP40. I'm assuming he means American dollars. And I, I'm assuming that's just for shipping. Mm-hmm. It would be expensive. Uh, sending anything out of Canada, that's why I don't eBay. <laughs> right. Well, can, is there an option to keep it only in Canada? Yeah. Well, you could, yeah. It, I, I think. Um, okay. all, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure with eBay, you can do regional. Uh, while we are talking about gear, we also had in our Discord, Original Waffle say, uh, this was yesterday, he said, tonight I will have a Wave Arm LP. That's the mm. Elgato Wave Arm uh, that I am currently using, which I will eventually stop using because it's kind of in my way. He has an interesting thing that he's working on right now. He is uh, updating his desk. He is going to... he So he, he's got a great deal. He works uh, for a lumber distributor, and then they get a lot of unused doors that are back, and so he just got one for free, and he converted it into a desk. So now he's got all this space. It's like a door, an eight foot long door that he's got. Uh, and he's got space for all these monitors, which will be exciting. He's been showing on the Discord his evolution and monitor placement and everything like that. But now he'll have uh, proper arms and stuff like that. So he's building himself a pretty good setup for podcasting. And I can't wait to see what the end result is. I missed the fact, actually, that he bought a Wave Arm LP. So low profile, it's going to be on the desk and then it's going to come up. So he's not going to be like me with the arm above my desk. And I have to do this, as we said before, just because I'm not going to mount anything to this very expensive desk. I've, I've done a side shelf that I've mounted to an extended boom arm. And there's a funny video on it on the Gonna Geek Gear YouTube channel that I did for last summer. It's getting kind of old now. Maybe, maybe you're old, the fix. Hey, the fix is still working, by the way. So anyway, uh, yes, he's got that. And it'll be interesting to see pictures of how that setup is going. Um, also, by the way, uh, I, I did have a comment come up on um, Mastodon. I'd asked a question over there. I had said to mm -hmm. people... Uh, what is your personal definition and concept of a podcast? And then I said, part number two to this, wrong answers only define a podcast. I don't have that yet. I think that would be really funny. Uh, give, me, give me a wrong answer only define a podcast. But then also tell me what, how would you actually define a podcast? But I did have a comment coming from uh, Kyle. And he said, my niece, I know what a podcast is. Me, no, you don't. My niece, yes, I do. It's when you go in the closet and talk to yourself, me inside. She knows exactly what a podcast is. <laughs> I laughed at that. I thought that was so good. As we both talk to our walk in our walk-in closets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, we also had a former guest of the Better Podcasting Chats with SP podcast, Miss Cadabra. She says the days of recording and editing via hotspot are over. The smoke to smoke HQ has moved across states 
And now I have finally been able to experience 5G and I have Wi-Fi now. I was also able to find a nice spot to upgrade my studio into. So now no longer recording in the closet. I've got a little studio office now. Well, by that definition that you just said, Stephen, she's still recording in the closet. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine, though, the headache of not having high speed Internet or, uh, you know, trying to produce a podcast and waiting for that to upload. And, uh, oh, yeah, that'd and be hard. Actually, it's something that I wanted to mention that remember, some of your audience still has Internet connectivity and speed issues. So mm -hmm. remember that when you're, you know, exporting your file at, uh, I don't know, two gigabytes uh, wave, uh, I don't know, 96 bit or whatever it is. So yeah, just remember that some of your audience out there, they still need the smaller file sizes. And uh, she actually mentions that in terms of I've never been able to download an episode this fast before. So yeah, there, there are people, active podcasters too, that podcast mm -hmm. without internet. I, I agree. I just can't imagine that. I know we've talked about in the past before what we would do in similar situations, like when we didn't have Wi-Fi or, or whatever, we would call each other and then we would record each other locally and we would basically do a multi-ender and then pass the files back and forth when we could. I, that's what you'd have to do in this case. And I if you had a guest, I, I don't think you'd be able to, to do that because they wouldn't be able to record themselves. By the way, I think when we talked about this before, we talked about how it would probably be faster for me to send carrier pigeons to you with a copy of the USB drive. I don't know in current time that that might just, you know, come on down. I, I don't know that, that that's a viable approach anymore, SB. Well, you say anymore <laughs> in, in this day, but, you know, the big TV show out right now is Last of Us. So, you know, we're talking about a pandemic that lasts 20 years. You know, maybe, maybe I don't maybe. know. Uh, hey, I wanted to ask a question. Um, Quest. If you were, to, I'm asking this to the audience. If you were a hobby podcaster starting now, where would you look to save money? I, I want to ask people, where would you look to save money right now as a hobby podcaster? And this could be equipment. This could be services. And I wanted to throw that out there because we talk all the time about how how as a hobbyist, you need to sort of accept that you're going to spend a bit of money on that because it's your hobby and, and usually you spend money on a hobby. But if you are a hobby podcaster, where would you look to spend money? And I, I want people to, to let us know. You can email us or tweet us or find us on any of our other socials or come to our Discord. But where would you look to save money? And I wanted to throw that question out there. That's an interesting question. I don't know where I would these days. I just had this discussion with somebody last night about uh, podcasting on limited budget and just using what you had, like a cell phone microphone or a laptop microphone or something like that, just to start, right? But if you're trying to get better, and that's what the show is, better podcasting, I would still recommend trying to get a hold of a microphone like a Samsung Q2U. That would be like the first checkbox. I want a decent sounding microphone. And the Samsung Q2U, while not cheap, is also not expensive and you get a lot in mm -hmm. that package you get a stand you sometimes depending on what package you get you might get some headphones that might be useless but if you don't have headphones then it's a good starter you get a stand you get a microphone and that microphone is xlr and usb so undoubtedly you're probably just going to try to use it usb to start because you're saving money but eventually you can grow and use xlr so that's on sale I've seen it on sale once in the past six months for like 50 bucks, but normally it's like $70 US. I know it's got to be close to $100 up in Canada. Uh, that's one thing that I would put my foot down is you would need listenable audio. In a lot of cases, I don't think that those cell phone microphones are listenable too much. I mean, you could tell when somebody's on a, a microphone like that. Mm -hmm. If you're have a higher pitched voice like most women do, then that picks up less of the variation. The microphone would pick up less of the variation, and your voice actually might sound pretty decent on one of those microphones. A voice like mine does not sound good on a small condenser because that's what basically it is a small condenser microphone does not sound that great on it. Uh, but if I was starting and I had to save money completely, that's what I would do. 
As you said before, you would try Spotify for podcasters. So that's free hosting right there. Um, yeah, okay. I'd do that because if I didn't have any choice, that's what I'd do. I'd want my show art to be good. So I would have to have some way to make that. I know there's free tools to do that, but I would want to get into it. You don't really need any music at all. Uh, but if you are connecting with somebody, well, Spotify for podcasters, there's connection tools there. Um, you could possibly start podcasting for free. What am I missing? I think you hit a lot of the things that I went to. And um, one of the things that I was kind of thinking about with with where we started versus now is, is actually about podcast statistics. And, and back when we started, trying to find some form of level playing field often involved a third-party podcast statistics service that we you'd have to pay for, whether it was, you know, a uh, host or if you are looking for one of those third-party ones that you could integrate into your RSS feed and everything so you had, a, you know, sort of level playing field. With the current climate of, of podcast statistics, even a lot of the non-IAB certified uh, hosting companies, there's now a framework that they're targeting. And so... I don't know that you as a hobby podcaster really need to like, I, I don't know that I would look to pay more as a hobby podcaster who's not looking to monetize um, to ensure I had IAB certified podcast statistics. I would look for what's going to be the right fit for price point and what I want to do with my show. And, and what I mean by that is if there is a podcast media host out there, it's going to cost you less and allow you to release more often you know if that's what you're looking to do um versus a podcast media host where they have iab certified statistics but they give you uh you know um an upload format that doesn't work for you and your vision of your show i i would not go for the paying more to get iab certified statistics like that's one of the things i was thinking about is things are a lot different now and you know there are areas that maybe aren't a priority where they used to be for for us when we started back in the day if you were self-hosting your podcast and you were using um the raw downloads from your your uh website provider they weren't accurate because there was no filtering whatsoever so you would have to go and then pay money to to filter those out or you would be like i'm going to go pay for a reputable media host that i know is doing a lot of uh filtering on their statistics but Things are different now. And and I don't know. I just was kind of curious. Where might you save money? If you're starting a podcast with like no money, like I was mentioning mm -hmm. before, you're not really looking for needing IAB no. statistics. So it doesn't really matter. What you're looking for is engagement. You're looking for building that community, building that audience, building that interaction back and forth. That's really what you're looking for. And that's where you would have to concentrate on i will say spotify for podcasters is iab compliant mm -hmm. so you you have that iab certified statistics with spotify for podcasters already you just have would have ads that you might not have any say on uh if they're placed in there or not pinecast i use it for better podcasting chats with sp it's been interesting to go to use it finally <laughs> after all these years I know I'm paying a lower price that a brand new podcaster would yeah. come in and pay. I, I think Podbean has a lower price tier that you might want to come in and use. Again, they are IAB certified uh, if you want to do that. But I think most people that are trying to start a podcast for free will try to use Spotify for podcasts, which gets me into how are they going to start gatekeeping? Because they can't keep allowing all these shows to come on and then just be dead after like one to three episodes or something mm. like that. Because I I think they said that they were going to start removing some of those shows that have been dormant for a while. I don't know if they've actually done that or not. But I think that would be an issue over time because it would just even overcrowd their space. Yeah, not, not podcasting in general, but Spotify itself, it would kind of overcrowd that. So I don't know. I <laughs> think I think that as much as it pains me to say, because I was anti-anchor for quite quite some time i'd say that spotify for podcasters if you're just doing it for a hobby seems to be a good starting point 
It even has a connection. You know, it's got that GUI behind and it has the creator behind thing. I, okay, so I've got it. The one thing that I would spend any money on at all would be editing. Now there's free editing capabilities out there, whether it's DaVinci Resolve or Audacity or GarageBand or whatever. But if I was going to spend any money along the way, it would be on editing because I would want to make the audio as understandable and listenable as possible. I look forward to seeing what the audience has to say to us, even if they're just like, what a dumb question, Stephen. That's fine. <laughs> they can go ahead and email podcast at betterpodcasting.com, Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash betterpod. You can find all of our contact information over at betterpodcasting.com slash contact or discord betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Wow, I am sick. Uh, you also had something you wanted to bring up, um, I think, uh, to do with uh thumbnails wasn't it yeah so i've been having a chat with different people over the last couple of weeks and thumb if you're doing any sort of video on youtube thumbnails is the key to discoverability i know in one of my episodes of better podcast and chess with sp we went into tags not hashtags but actual tags but it just comes down to having a good thumbnail to get into the youtube algorithm and a good thumbnail is a good picture depicting what's going on with uh, writing on it that says, I believe there's a specific font and even colors that you're supposed to use. I don't know. I haven't delved in too far into it. But if you want discoverability on YouTube, the number one thing, hands down, like 90% of it is having a good thumbnail. And uh, I'll admit that's been a weak point in all of my shows because I just don't have the graphical design to do it. I know it's something that I've been trying to do for a while. I know I bought into some graphical programs over the holidays. I still haven't had a chance to use them, but thumbnails is the number one thing. And if anybody has any tips on how they've created successful thumbnails, I'm all ears. Literally, I am on this because I, before the year is out, I want to enhance my ability to produce thumbnails for the YouTube versions of the shows. I mean, even if it's a talking head video, the the thumbnail really, I think, will drive a lot more engagement than not. Uh, some of the gear stuff that we do over on Gonna Geek Gear is a better thumbnail than I think that we do for the shows that are either on the Better Podcasting uh, YouTube channel or the Gonna Geek YouTube channel. So yeah, I, I can definitely see that thumbnails can drive a lot more engagement. Now, whether they stay or not, you know, that's content wise, but getting them to click to begin with, I think is all thumbnails. So yeah, definitely wanted to talk about that. Do you have anything you want to say about thumbnails really briefly right now? No, I just wanted to crack the joke that you said you were all ears, but shouldn't you be all thumbs if you're talking thumbnails? Got two of them right here. <laughs> one, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to say this week really quickly is back in 2021, I went to podcast movement. We talked about it on this show. We talked about it on the butter podcasting main show. Our standpoint for hobby podcasters is you don't have to go to a podcast conference. If it's available to you, if you could get in for free, if it's local, you can go try. I mean, why not? It's available and it's local, so go to it. But if you're going to spend a lot of money, we would recommend you, you spend your money on other things like better gear, like better tools, like uh, bring a consultant in, something like that. I think though all those for a hobby podcaster standpoint would take higher priority over going to a main podcast conference. It's going to cost hundreds of dollars with a ticket. It's going to cost hundreds of dollars with transportation, hotel, meals, that sort of thing. So that's been our thing all along. And then we had a listener, Jeff F, Jeff S F L A in our Discord server. And he was talking about going to Podcast Evolutions, which I believe happened last week. And he said he would get back to us on everything. And then he did list a bunch of the things that he got from it. But I think the most important thing was his bottom line at the end, which is the same as my bottom line was when I went to Podcast Movement in 2021. He said, quote, nothing mind-blowing or even new. And unfortunately, according to me, fortunately, according to my wife, the vendors weren't selling any hardware, but valuable networking and some decent nuggets likely will not attend in the future, unquote. Yeah, and I think that pretty much sums it up. And I know it's hyped up in podcasting circles to go to these podcast conferences. And it's nice to be around people that do the same thing that you do. And you can network and you can meet people. Yeah, I get all that. But for a hobby podcaster, I if you're going to go somewhere, go to a conference that's in your niche. Don't go to a podcasting conference. 
that's my two cents and it continues to be my two cents. And it sounds like it's Jeff's two cents too, after attending podcast evolutions last week. So just keep that in mind when you get into the hype of going to a podcast conference is might not be the experience in the end that you think it might be. And if you do go, make sure you have goals of what you want to accomplish when you go there. My goal was to attend as a hobby podcast room report for better podcasting. That was my goal. I successfully achieved that goal and I'm really not planning on going back again. So anyway, that's it for podcast evolution, Stephen. And if you're a hobby podcaster, I would encourage you, if you go to this to uh, proudly profess that you are a, a hobby podcaster, don't let anybody tell you otherwise, be happy about it. If you're a hobby podcaster, you do this as a hobby, wear that with a badge of honor. It's, it's your passion. It's fun. It's like saying I go and I uh, play in a beer league for uh, for hockey. It's I go hang out with my friends, whatever, right? Like, you know, don't let anybody talk you into something else if that's what you are. It's uh, be proud if, if you've chosen to make this your hobby. Yeah, the one thing that he said about uh, not having any hardware that's available for sale, I realize why vendors do that because they're often like sure or focus right or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and they distribute their gear through actual retailers and they're just not in the business to have retail sales so you can't really buy directly from the company they have to go either through a wholesaler or directly to another company in order for you to purchase it that's why they don't have any gear for sale there and that is in staunch contrast to other conferences that have been uh like uh, boat conferences right so you have the big boat convention or auto convention you can actually make deals at the convention because you have dealers there for boats, for motors, for gear on the boats, for cars, for wheels or accessories or whatever. You can buy all that stuff at those conventions. At a podcasting convention, I have yet to see a retailer like, I don't know, Sweetwater or even Best Buy or whatever be there, Amazon be there to actually sell podcasting gear. I have yet to see that. I just don't think it would be profitable for them to set up a booth in order to do all that stuff. So probably not going to happen. So if you're expecting to buy something there, probably not going to happen. And before we go, we did get a comment already from Liberty Dude in our chat about the uh, the idea of saving money. And uh, this is interesting. He says, I would start by uploading to YouTube, get my feet wet and make sure I want to do it. The name of my podcast is what I want to keep. And if I want to redo any of the first five shows after five shows, look for my RSS provider and launch podcast. I think that's really interesting because uh, that is kind of time back to the other thing we talked about earlier. So start with YouTube. It's very valid. Like it's it's free. It's able to be done. Now, obviously, there's the whole problem you mentioned before where, you know, under current conditions and whatnot, you, you might have some issues getting audience because of if it's if it's audio only and things like that. But then there's... That's current conditions. We have the YouTube podcast launching and everything, but that's we got to wait to see what happens with all of that and everything. But um, I, I think it's an interesting approach and and maybe even more of a thought as YouTube podcast does come out full fledged. That's not the right term, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I I, st- I would waffle 50 50 on that. I, part of me says I would still want to practice our first few shows mm. and record them somehow, e- even if you do it to YouTube and you private the video or on list or whatever, and then go back and critique yourself and then do it again and do it again. And I would say after three shows, then go in and and then re-record your your actual pilot or stream your pilot if that's what you want to do. If you want to stream, it's more difficult. I would recommend you not do that. But if that's your jam, go ahead and you can try it out. And I think after three shows in the private, then come out with a public one and then have somebody review it. Somebody that you trust, somebody that's going to give you an actual critique versus a, hey, dude, that's cool. It's great. She's got camera and the gear and headphones and stuff. That's awesome. So I definitely would give it to somebody like that's going to say, okay, what's your content? What's your purpose? Uh, how are you delivering it? That sort of thing. doesn't have to be anybody in the industry, but somebody that can just look at it with a critical eye and say, eh, well, will I listen to it or will I not watch it? And then what can you do to do better? Those, and I would get somewhere between three to five opinions, maybe more if you can. That's what I personally would do. 
but I also recognize the legitimacy in what literary dude is saying of, yeah, it's, it's meaningless until you actually get an RSS feed. So why don't you use it? Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe you use it to get critiques because YouTube comments can be very, very critical. They can be. Yeah. That's, that's a good point too. So anyways, would love everybody's thoughts on all of this. Please do email podcast at betterpodcasting.com or come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find all our contact information at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord or send those carrier pigeons up in the air and hope they find SP. <laughs> hope that I don't shoot them down. <laughs> so for episode number 46 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Stephen John Drew saying... Hey, you made it through six, Steven. There you go. Now I'm SP saying we look forward to seeing everybody next time. Let us know what you think. How would you save money with your show? See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.